We are professional podcasters. <laughs> Please begin the program. All right. <laughs> okay, here. Uh, this is wonderful. This is my favorite. All right. Here we go. Shop Talk Show Go. Okay, well, hey, welcome to the eighth episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast, a podcast where we sit around and talk about web design, development, all the stuff that you're probably doing during your day job right now. I'm, I'm Dave Rupert, and with me is Chris Coyer, as hey, usual. Hey, guys. Yeah, and excited today, to Oh, what's that? Say, say, go oh, ahead. I, I was just it. telling you how excited I was. That's all. <laughs> I'm really excited. I keep getting, I get excited every Thursday, but uh, today is super exciting because we have another crossover episode with the guys from the Non-Breaking Space podcast. Woo! Yes. Woo! They are here. They include, we'll go through them one by one, just so you sure. know, you know what's going on. We actually have the triple, it's a triple Chris episode, which is, a, oh, it's a little weird, but we'll, you know, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. First, Christopher, who is not a Chris, he's a Christopher, uh, Christopher Schmidt, who does lots of stuff. In addition to being a front end developer, has like a slew of conferences. I just got back from one in Orlando in control that was super fun, but Christopher also does anything summit. So if you've heard like the CSS summit or the jQuery summit or the education one or the accessibility one those are all christopher and his clan environments for humans so welcome to the show christopher oh awesome thanks for having me i'm happy to be here yeah right on and then our and then and then we have another chris chris ends right and i don't i don't think i've yeah. ever met chris but he's got a little podcast empire of himself so if anybody knows how a podcasting is done and it's chris ends what's up dude <laughs> hey chris nice to be here yeah from thanks. canada Yes, uh, first kind of international episode. You'll, you'll <laughs> recognize him by his accent. <laughs> Very deep. If you need Beauty. to distinguish. Yeah, yeah. Just ask him what it's all about. <laughs> Sounds like the deepest voice is definitely Chris N. So that's how you'll know him. And then we have, who is also at In Control with me and Christopher, Dave McFarland, who's out in Portland, Oregon, right, Dave? That's right. And awesome. Dave has written about, I mean, Christopher has written a bunch of books. Dave's written even more books, I think. Dave has like a hundred books, I think he's I have written. 152 books. I only have 150, so it's kind of weird. And they're all for sale for 99 cents in the Kindle bookstore. Nice. <laughs> are you serious? You have 150 books? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you just copying Wikipedia articles or what? <laughs> old, you know, old Shakespeare plays, I put those out. You know, anything that's in the public domain, I just slap my name on it. It's kind of... <laughs> Add some colors. No, actually, I have written three books, uh, Dreamweaver, The Missing Manual, uh, JavaScript and jQuery, The Missing Manual, and CSS, The Missing Manual. Really? Ah. More than yeah. that, but that's still, three books is no small task. Yeah, but well, there's three, three books, but he also updates them, too. And eight editions of the Dreamweaver book, so. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. 
Okay, so Dave is a developer, and he teaches college and stuff. Anyway, when I've seen him talk, he talks about jQuery a lot, has a lot to say about that. Very good teacher. So, cool. Well, hopefully we'll, hopefully there's some jQuery questions buried in here. I hope. Anyway, those are the guests this week. Can't be, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty sweet. I think Dave usually has a good, like, first question kind of thing to. Yeah, to yeah, into. this is, this is, um, it's a question, but it's also sort of just a story, you know, uh, just so uh, you guys all work in code, you know what divs and spans are. Um, so the first uh, one is a div walks into a bar. The bartender says, you can't come in here. You've got no class. Ah! <laughs> ah! Nice. Yeah. That was one Nailed of my favorite it. ones. That's good. Really clean, uh, just a simple, just, yeah. just a clean one. That was given to me, I, I must say, by Devin Price. Um, Devin says on Twitter, who runs a WordPress-centric blog, wptheming.com. So check that out for tips and tricks. Uh, and thanks, Devin, for the jokes. I need jokes for having obviously. no class. Yeah. <laughs> Most emails Little. into the shop talk Little. show are are joke. Uh, Criticizing, let's say. Oh. <laughs> so if if your teeth are grinding right now. That was for you. Uh, so okay, uh, a little bit of follow up. I want to get into the Q and A because that is the meat, of course, of Shop Talk Show. But next week, eh, some of us, most of us, uh, you know, are going to South by Southwest. So I don't know what to tell you about that, other than it's going to be fun and maybe. We'll like, we'll like hang. We'll be hanging out, and we'll be like, we should have a shop talk show thing. So maybe follow us on Twitter, and maybe we'll have a shop talk meetup. I don't know for sure that's going to happen, but it might. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> it'll most likely be in the form of we are in the same place, and we're inviting you. So nothing pre-prescribed or anything. Nothing you need yeah. to RSVP to. Yeah. So I have a follow up on the print. Well, last, oh gosh, it might have been two weeks ago now because we did the rapid fire thing. But uh, we talked about tracking printing, which is kind of cool. Like how many people print out my website? It's just kind of interesting. Right. And uh, this guy, Nathaniel, we you know we were talking about like maybe you could track key presses on command P or control P. P or something like that, yeah, which is right, possible, right. but 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 you know you could go, uh, but does that that won't capture it if you go up to the file menu and stuff like that? Anyway, this Nathaniel and I'll put a link to this in the show notes had this idea that you have a print style sheet, right? right. And then you make like the background of the body uh, a URL that points to an image, but the image is just a PHP file, right? right. That will return as some as like print.php and it just like increments something, okay. or even better, possibly would communicate with uh, Google Analytics that would just tick something up, so you don't have to write your own database or whatever. I thought it was pretty clever, so I'll put a link to that. Yeah, so. so it's like a hit counter for print style sheets. Yeah, just to get you know, because who knows? Who knows how many people print your website? I bet nobody knows. It's so it's such a hard thing to. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not part of most analytics packages. Uh, okay, and uh, you know, so most of you know, I work for Wufu and SurveyMonkey. There was a question that came in that Wufu turned out to be a really good answer for us. So I thought I would cover it. It was by Rodrigo Brights, who says, "I would like to send some invitations, a link to a form, and when somebody submits it, its attendance would instantly show up on an attendance list, maybe on another page, in order by the time they submitted it. So, like, you want to RSVP to a party, you type in your name and email address, and as soon as you do that, you see a list of other people that are coming to that party. And I was like, well, dude, I, uh, 
I'm not going to explain how you do that with PHP or, you know, some crazy way. I'm like, just use Wufoo, build a report based on the data and set the redirect URL of your form to that report and you're good to go. So I don't want to go in super in depth with it. It just turned out that uh, Wufoo would be a really good solution to his little problem. So I was like, I'll put that in as a half advertisement, half question answering thing at the top of the show. Okay, thanks, guys. That's enough. That's enough. Let's get into the the question and answer portion of the show. Dave, you want to kick us? Do you have the the? Our yeah. Oh, yeah. Five? I got. I got it here. Uh, first question is from Diego Ruiz, and he's asking, "What's your fa- What's your most preferred text editor that is free, not free, OS specific?" Uh, or sorry, what is? I need to read this with inflection. What's your most preferred text order editor that is free, not free? Uh-huh. OS specific, what are the benefits of using them and do they have an impact on productivity? So he's kind of asking, what's your preferred text editor and then free versus not free? And then is there an OS specific one you, you really enjoy? Uh We've talked about this before, but I feel like it was a good one for having a five person show because there'll be lots of different opinions and stuff. Uh, So you do want, why don't you take it, Christopher, and and give us your your thing? Um, I I use, I still use TextMate. I'm still in TextMate 1. I I haven't had time to actually uh, use TextMate 2 or Sublime yet. So, um, but I just, I just still like TextMate. I use a uh, theme that someone made. I forget what it is, but it's a nice little like theme, easy on the eyes. Probably one of the reasons why I still use TextMate, but um, mm, but it's, it's uh, Solarize. I think it's Solarize. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it really kind of. Uh, so I use that. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, so I don't. Know. Well, I don't know what you guys, what day, what you, uh, uh, what you. Use. Well, in terms of free stuff uh, on Windows, Notepad plus plus is good. Um, I know a lot of people use that. Mm-hmm. And on the Mac, um, you know, Text Wrangler is free. You mm-hmm. know, that's BB Edit's little cousin or whatever and uh that that's been around forever um now in terms of paid stuff i use dreamweaver because i wrote a book on it and uh you know it has some good uh text editing features it's a little you know getting a little creaky now they need to update them um especially with you know the competition from like sublime or textmate which have just awesome features for text editing um, so I've been trying out Sublime, and, and it's it's sweet. It's it's a nice editor. So, so what about Sublime? Do you like over like TextMate, or or whatnot? Like 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 what about Sublime is is awesome? Like it's well, sweet. well, one thing I mean over TextMate, which is what I used to use as well. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's being updated. <laughs> you know, TextMate is is as far as I've been following is not really moving anywhere. Maybe you guys know better than me because I've kind of abandoned it. But um, uh, you know, that's a nice thing about Sublime. It's got to. I mean, it's just that one guy right who's working on it, but he's constantly updating that. That's a true fact. What about you, Chris? And I'm uh, rocking the TextMate as well. I use the Hunch Dark Dimmed theme for those who are interested. Hunch but Dark? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I Twilight kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, yeah I don't know where I found this one, but uh, that's what I'm using. But Sublime is definitely on the radar because it's, uh, it's just quicker. It loads quicker. Everything's quicker. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm using. I'd like to say this. So the question from Diego here was that, you know, what about Windows? What about not free ones? And I'd kind of like to say, do you, are, 
We all. Uh, I, I just hate to say this, but all the paid ones are better than all the free ones. You should use a paid text editor. They're not that much money. If you do one freelance job, please take the money from the freelance job and get yourself a decent text editor. I hate to say that, but maybe if you're a real, like a student who just has no money, they could use one for a little while, but invest in yourself, people. Do not right. just stick around on a free text editor forever. You will be more productive. Right. Yeah, well, I, I will say, like, when I was on a Windows machine, like, I was stuck with that uh, job and uh, like five years ago or whatever, I had to use a Windows machine. I use a text pad for the Windows, and it's they have a free version, but you have to, you know, upgrade or whatever. It's like shareware or something like that. So, but I like I like text pad for Windows. Oh, there you go. I'm glad we got to talk with some Windows stuff. We get criticized for that a lot. So thanks, thanks for doing that, guys. And yeah, benefits, impacts, all that stuff. I, you know, we'll probably come back to this topic. Uh, uh, around because it's a very popular thing to talk about text editors or whatever. Let's let's move on though. We got an audio one from Kirk Grover. Let's have it, Dave. Oh, here we go. Hey guys, my name is Kirk Grover. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and I am thoroughly enjoying your show. I hope you can keep doing these for a, a long time. I've learned a lot. Um, my question for you, and I've run into this a few times, but I'm trying to get information from an XML or RSS feed that is hosted on a completely different website, completely different server, um, and I'm trying to get that information onto my site um, and format it up in my HTML and CSS and, and use whatever elements I want from those feeds. Is that something I can do uh, on the client side with JavaScript, or do I need to resort to some sort of server-side trickery in order to make that happen? Thank you. Awesome. I bet Dave knows about this. It's kind of like, uh, can you can you get information from an RSS feed only with JavaScript? No. Um. <laughs> that's that's what I was going to say too. I mean, essentially, <laughs> it comes down to cross-domain stuff in browsers, and you can't just request and get information from uh, from a domain that's not yours. I mean, maybe if it's your own, if the RSS feed is on your own site, maybe. Uh, but it, that's probably not what you're doing. That's not the point of RSS. Uh, so, you know, there's, uh, I don't know, take it, Dave. You had, you had some thoughts, right? Or was no your answer? That's it. That's all. I'm sure. Uh, uh, no, I mean, what you would do for, you know, ingesting, you know, uh, an XML feed from another site is you've got to do something on your own server. So you'd write, you'd have PHP, for example, and PHP has, you know, built-in support for XML, um, so basically you would ingest it, parse it, and then you could spit it back out to um, your own site. And you could do that still with JavaScript. So basically your JavaScript um, communicates via Ajax from your site to your server, which then pulls the, uh, the feed from the foreign server, and then it you know sends it back as like a JSON to your JavaScript. So, you know, there's a lot of steps in that, but that's how you would pretty much achieve that. Yeah, but, um, but can you like uh, someone mentioned in the in the chat room to to use Yahoo pipes? So and and could you still like slurp up the RSS feed through through Yahoo pipes and then uh, insert it into your own um, your website? The output from that. So uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I haven't looked at that. So I mean, it is possible to you know send things um, uh, uh, across domain using JSONP. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, kind of an extension on JSON. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 hosting site, the site that you're, you know, getting this XML feed from, it's got to be uh, 
it has to have JSONP, you know, built into it. It's got to be able to respond in with using JSONP, which if you're looking at Yahoo or Google, you know, That's their APIs what doing, usually. Right? What's that? So- Doug Niener's in the chat room telling us about this, and Niner, I'm sorry, and and, and, and that's pro- probably what Google Pipes and Yahoo are doing, right? They're they're digesting that feed on their end, and then they're they're wrapping it, or they're doing the thing which is JSON P, which is wrapping the JSON yep. in a function call, right, so that you can use it without writing your own server side stuff. Yeah. I would yeah. say the whole point of RSS is that you're allowing other people to use the content that you create, right? Wouldn't you say that's the point of RSS? Maybe RSS needs to update itself, and and you know what I mean. Like maybe there should be a JSON P version of the RSS spec that allows us to digest RSS uh, bet- better be awesome. through only JavaScript that way. Yeah, well, um, I do want to give a shout out again to like Yahoo Pipes because I just you can do a whole lot more with Yahoo Pipes and just like you know scraping the RSS feeds, but. If, if no one's actually looked into it, I would highly recommend people looking into it. And I actually, uh, I use it. Yeah, it's it's freaking. Well, how do you use it? Uh, I used to make custom feeds on CSS Tricks. So there was some weird things that I was having trouble with creating custom feeds for on CSS Tricks. So I was like, I can create custom feeds for a really specific thing, like 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 one. I don't know. And I ended up with like nine little feeds that kind of got what I want, but I wanted to offer a concatenated version of that feed. Right. So I just throw it through Google Pipes and then feed burner that so that I can get some stats on it, and then and then offer that feed up. So Yahoo Pipes, it's pretty easy and, and cool. Yeah, and then uh, you know from the chat room, uh, Doug Niner, he's got uh, the Google Feed API, which basically that's it. It solved it. So uh, you can use the Google Feed API to ingest JSON P into your own uh, site using JavaScript. Cool. So that's at developers.google.com/feed. Awesome. Chat room invaluable. Okay. <laughs> we have a sponsor. These guys should be on the show. We should just totally read the <laughs> chat room. God, if if we only had Doug lined up to be on a show already, God, that would be weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, hashtag oh. Doug. Spoiler alert. Uh, sponsor time. We have a new sponsor this week that has never been on the show before. Hover.com. Have you heard of them? They do domain name purchases. So they are in that game. Uh, you can go to hover.com slash shop talk, which please do anything you buy from them is 10% off. If you go to shop talk and you'll know, cause there's a cool little bar thing that shows up when you go to that URL, kind of redirects to the homepage, but puts this thing on like you came from shop talk and that's awesome. Please do that if you want. So if you want to buy a domain name, go there. Uh, so there's four main point and they've, they're a sponsor for four episodes. So for each week I'm going to do one like core principle of, of hover. And one of them is the kind of the most important first one is that they have re it's, just a good UI. It's really simple. It's really smart. Everything is easy from registering a new domain name to stuff like changing your password, renewing a domain name, changing the DNS. All that stuff is just a simple, clean interface instead of uh, a a cluttered one like you might be used to. Uh, The one cool thing they have is like FedEx like domain tracking. So if you're transferring a domain to them or away from them, it has like this, like, you know, when your package is in transit in FedEx, it's like, it's in Chattanooga, Tennessee or or whatever, and it, so you can see. But this is like where the, your domain is, and the multiple steps it takes to transfer domains around. So that's what I got for Hover this week. If you want to buy a new domain name, definitely check it out through them. They come highly regarded. Okay, and we have some uh, some giveaways to catch up on. Is that right, Chris? 
Yeah, we do. So do you remember us talking about the HTML and CSS book by that John uh, Puckett? Duckett? Dang it, I forgot. Anyway, we were, I got this thing in the mail. Did you get one, dude? Has anybody else seen this book, the HTML and CSS book? Which one? Uh, just go to htmlncssbook.com. It's by Wiley, but it doesn't look like a Wiley book. Not that Wiley books are awful, but this one is like completely 100% custom designed. And it's, oh, wow. ju- I, I finally got it in the mail and it really, it's even awesomer than I thought it was going to be. It Every page great. is a masterpiece. Wow. Yeah. It's that really not, well. Yeah, that does not look like a normal Wiley book either. So. No, it yeah. does not. It Indeed. Awesome. Uh, and so we were giving them away. We gave away one, and we oh, have a winner man. this week. The two win, you just just give us an audio question because we love your audio questions. So a random audio question giver. Uh, this week is Tim Mays. Tim Mays, if you're listening. Woo. Oh, that was the best. I love it when you're ready. <laughs> I was on it this week. <laughs> Uh, Tim Mays, congratulations. We're going to send you an HTML and CSS book, or more accurately, I'm going to tell them that you won, and they're going to send it to you. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. And we have one more winner. So next week, send in an audio question. We'll choose a random winner, and you can win the HTML CSS book. Even if you don't win, though, check out the book. It is unbelievable. It's totally going to be my go-to. I want to learn HTML and CSS. Chris, what do I buy? I'm like, you should buy this book because it's awesome. Oh, Dave, what do we got? Got a Q for us? A Q oh, for some A? I got a Q to be A'd. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I think I just learned an explicit rating. Okay. This one, this one is from Ronald Rowe. Uh, I racked my brain trying to think <laughs> of a way to create a layout with a fixed width sidebar where the content area used fluid width and took up the remainder of the space. In the end, I had to shift to a wrapper div on the right and use a negative margin and move the sidebar into place. Surely there must be a better, more semantic way of doing this. I think this is, and this is from Ronald Bro. if I didn't say that before, I think this is the age-old golden layout uh, question. Just how do you... And another div on the right that is fluid width. So yeah. there's lots of different ways to do this. I don't know if anything pops to mind for you guys, but the way he said that he was talking about it was just that he, I don't know, what did he say? He made a he made a fix with div and then like negative margined it to the left or something. Yeah, I, I mean, so if it like- works, it works. I, I would not sweat. If you came up with a solution and it absolutely works for you and it works in all browsers, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that's not semantic, you know, assuming it's like an aside and a div. I mean, it's cool with me. Do you guys have any thoughts? Well, Well, uh, why don't you just, what you're talking about, two-column design, basically? One's fixed, one's fluid? Right. So I would just, um, you know, set the left one to to fixed, Mm -hmm. and then the right one, I don't even float it. I'll just, you know, set uh, the left margin to take up that space, right? Right. Yeah. And then its width is just auto, so it'll just grow and shrink. Right. Is that right. N- not right? No, that's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Because the first one is floated. The left right. one is, yeah. has a fixed width and is floated. And the other one, not with not even being floated, will we'll move up next to it. Right? Or will it not? Because it's 100% wide, so it might push down. I don't know. It's, it's a, we can we could throw it together a JS fiddle in two seconds. There's a lot of number of ways to do this. I think Flexbox is a way that's like 
yeah. is, is, is like the new hot way to, to, to do this, but I'm not even, I haven't played with it that much. Honestly, sorry, guys. Flexbox will be the way you'll want to do it, but if you go to, what is it, HTML5please.me or whatever it is, um, that they don't recommend using Flexbox because the spec is still changing, but that's how you'll want to do it in the future is Flexbox. Who supports that now? I want to say it worked on Chrome at one point, but... um, Well, I'm sure it does. Actually, it works really far back. But in a lot of browsers, but it's the spec has changed. So now they're in this position where there's two different types of ways that you can declare Flexbox, and and the new one is is less supported. But that's going to be the way going forward. So now you can, but it still retro works with the old way. It's kind of a it's mm. kind of a it may be the death knell for Flexbox. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But that's kind of dangerous territory. <laughs> Whoa, hot drama, hot drama, hot drama. Flexbox <laughs> is dead, says Chris Corner. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, there's a number. Of, you know, and the only kind of time it really matters is if your left sidebar has like a different background or a different style than your main content. If it's just white on white, you could also just make padding left on the on the on the like the main content area and absolutely position right, the right. left sidebar because it, then it doesn't matter if they're not the same height or whatever. Yeah, and just use the the fall column, the fake column trick from. Uh... Yeah, right. Where From like went. 1990s, I don't know where. So, yeah, okay. which now you can do with uh, gradients, you know, you can yeah. say, yeah, okay. Oh, is that getting weird for radio? I'm, I'm not sure if you can, if anybody's even following us anymore on this question. <laughs> we on. Move on. All right. Hit us. <laughs> okay, I got another audio question from uh, Keith Wyland. Here we go. Hey, Shop Talk. My name is Keith. Um, you guys have inspired me to look into things like bookmarklets and GitHub uh, for the first time in my web working experience. And uh, I've just recently created my first bookmarklet um, based on a code snippet from CSS Tricks. Um, basically, what it does is remove any attributes in the HTML um, that are obsolete in HTML5. Uh, this project came along because I, I wanted a project to just put out on GitHub um, like a real little project so that I could understand um, how to use GitHub and, and the usefulness of it and everything like that. And uh, also, um, where I work, we're looking to cr- uh, convert a bunch of legacy HTML over to HTML5 standards. Um, and so I guess my questions are... Um, do any of you see this as something that could be useful for the web as a whole? Um, and if so, how would I go about spreading the word um, without being like super annoying on a bunch of forums and blogs saying, you know, go check out my new thing. Uh, here's a link. Um, and so I guess that's it. Uh, so thanks for the show guys. Well, I think, well, I think maybe posting an audio question on a popular podcast is a good way to <laughs> yeah. spread good the word. Good start. Yeah, of but course, he didn't, he didn't he give us the URL. I know. It's like, well, you're, <laughs> you're almost there, and then you're not there. I will dig that up somehow. Okay. And okay. what's the what's the bookmarklet do? It removes deprecated attributes? Yeah, for, for HTML5 and like HTML and CSS. Cool. But, which so I thought it was something like V, like V align top or something that won't work anymore. Yeah. So it removes it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty cool when he was talking about it, and then I was like, man, I hope he gives me the URL. <laughs> so I was like, oh, 
That's okay, Keith. Don't sweat it. I'll find it on GitHub or I'll email you back or something and get it. But that's interesting. And his secondary question was, okay, I built this cool thing. Right. Now, how does anybody get to see it? I guess that's a classic question, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, like, I, to, to be perfectly honest, I have a, an advantage in that way because I can just blog about it and enough people will see it that will be satisfying for me because I've blogged for like five years on right. stuff and kind of earned that privilege, I guess. But uh, for you, I would say do, you just keep on keeping on, man. You put it on GitHub, so that was a good start. Right. You emailed into a talk show, that was a good start. You, you should Twitter it, that's a good start. You should find relevant threads on Stack Overflow and stuff that are like, oh, what about deprecated attributes? Be like, oh, I made a thing about deprecated mm-hmm. deprecated attributes. It's a little self-promotional, but still, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're solving someone, yeah, if it's relevant and you're solving people's problems, people... Yeah, and you're giving right. it away for free. Right, exactly. Right. And then, I think it, I, I, was, I was listening to his feel about it and i thought like uh you know dave and i both teach and uh and uh i thought it'd be just a great learning tool to help uh students uh code for the new specs and so i thought like that'd be something cool for my students to know yeah uh, and hit the button and see if you screwed up yeah pretty much (laughs) so um so yeah but i definitely put it on github is great is is awesome and then make a little web website or mini web page that you can use to just uh you know Get your SEO like make uh, sensible headings and sensible yeah. paragraphs and stuff like that, and putting on there is uh, is a way to go. And one of the cool cool things I love about GitHub is one, of course, is the whole like sharing things, you know, sharing code and all that. But also, you can actually do uh, what's called a uh, uh, GitHub Pages, and so you can actually create your own mini web page or website for your project and have it hosted on GitHub and uh, and give you know by domain name and have it re- redirected. And so so. So GitHub just does all the work for you. You just update the code and uh, upload your pages and so that. So it's just a very easy way to uh, spread your code out. So some of the most popular projects in GitHub, I would definitely say, use that technique where it's uh, it's hosted right on GitHub. So the the deal with that is you make a branch in your GitHub project and call it gh dash pages, and then and then put some stuff in that, like an index.html file, not your actual. Project, but right. the but 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 just an index.html file and a CSS file, whatever that is, like your sales page, your splash page for your cool for your cool project, mm-hmm. and then automatically it'll be like your name.github.com slash the name of your repo, and it will serve up that index.html file, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of how it works, and it's right. pretty cool. Yeah, and so I mean, and, and just put it out there and let Google happen because because um, uh, I don't. One of the more funnier, it's not funny, but like also true things that Chris Coyer, like you said during an in control conference, was like, "How do we, how we do our web stuff? Well, this is what we do: we Google, 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 and then we find it, and then we uh, we find the answer we're looking for, and uh, just by, by putting it out there and letting people let Google index it. I mean, it's just a great way for people to find it. So, and they'll find it when they when they need it. So, which is, and they find it when they need it, and it's the just in time type of solution. I think you'll. You'll win many converts to it. Well, there's no such thing as like do, making something that's amazing and that's super awesome and relevant and useful to people and having it just gather cobwebs. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, that never happens. You know, like yeah. if you really hit the nail on the head, people will find it and use it and share it. Right? Yeah, they'll tweet about it and then it spreads. Yeah. Next. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> next, I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I the other weekend I met I met a dude who talks like this for real. His name is Doll. 
<laughs> anyway, I'll I'll spare you the Doyle impersonation for later. But uh, this one's from uh, Kartik Vadlapatal Vadlapatla. Okay, I think I got it. Uh, what is the most semantic way to write HTML for a poem? Ooh, nice. Ooh. Your wow. answer in a haiku, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me just. Oh man, I'm gonna tell you like figure this one out. I would say <laughs> that poem is hard. You know, like it's like what's the best way to code a website for a car wash or something? It's like there's lots of I don't know. It depends on the car wash. It, it depends on the on the poem here. Yeah. Um, if it's like a roll doll thing or something where it's just like line. Line, 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 space, line, 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 line. You know, that's one thing. But poems can be crazy. You know, they can have weird indentation, and uh, certainly they can be read weirdly by people with funny hats. There's a lot. There's. A, it's kind yeah. of, I say it really depends on the poem, but I would say poems generally have a paragraph structure. So you know, use paragraphs where there's a where there's a line break, and then like I said, line break. I mean that that's what the br tag is. So when there's a when a line is over, literally break it there with a break tag because that's I would say that's semantic. That was the worst haiku ever, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you're a little over on your last couplet. Yeah. How about the judicious use of many p. And br, uh, br like br is a word, right? Uh, one thing, uh, br tags in your web pages. I think br is two syllables. Damn it! Okay. But uh, you're close. Yeah, they are close. So that's good. I've seen it used in a figure tag recently, and then oh, big wow. caption was any kind of attribution you needed to do. Um, a block quote in site might make sense too, but uh, it depends, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't use figure because figure is supposed to be uh, supporting the main content. So unless it was like a supporting haiku, yeah. Or I mean, if you're yeah. quoting somebody else's poem, maybe block quote, but it's different, yeah. I guess, if it's your own poem. Yeah, and definitely the indents. Definitely using text indent is is relevant for that because a lot of times that's visual, not a part of the poem. Mm-hmm. Also, check out the. Uh, uh, the or- CSS oral rules or whatever the, that is. I mean, if you're into that, I don't know. I, I I would get a kick out of this. There's so many like rules that you can apply through CSS to dictate how something is read out loud in a in a in a screen reader voiceover or whatever. So you could ah. be like, use this voice and use this type of emphasis and you know slow or fast or high pitched or low pitched and stuff. That would be the fun part of of marking up a poem. I would think is is doing with that. So it'd be like use break tags. And lots of other elements, you know, like you can control that type of speed and stuff. That'd be fun. I'd say just all H one tags, the H one. <laughs> that I really gets back the point in the, across. Back in the day, I used to use teletype, the TT tag, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure that's a thing anymore. I used to use TT forever. I, sometimes I go, I go back and look at old blog posts. For whatever reason, I decided codes should be display block for like two years on CSS tricks. And I was like, oh, but sometimes I want to put code in the middle of a line. So I just use TT instead. I'm mm-hmm. still cleaning up that mess. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Karthik, if you mark up a poem in a cool way based on our silly recommendations... I'll link it up in the show notes this week. I, I'm interested in this HTML for a poem idea. Good question. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the BR tag is actually when I when I research, you know, writing books or whatever. It's just 
poems is uh, actually a good example for using the BR tag because you need to force that line break. So that's always comes up. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the, and even the if the text yeah. wraps, it's still important. Break the line here. That's part of, yeah. like, that's part of a poem. Yep. Okay. So we ha- remember we used to have a sponsor at the less accounting guys. I was right after I was at Christopher's conference in control. I flew up to Atlanta and I attended less comp, which was really fun. And it's now over. And so sorry about that. We come next year. It's pretty wild. I watched a guy get his eyebrows shaved on stage <laughs> for an iPad. Which was pretty cool, but the thing was, it was oh. for iPad One. It was really weird. I don't know. Oh, was it? No, and then they, then they were like <laughs> shaving parts of his head, and then Alan threw the threw the clippers on the ground and broke the clippers, so the guy couldn't even like continue cleaning up his own half shaved head. <laughs> oh man! I watched some people hog on stage for eight hours. IPad. Anyway, wow, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I preferred in control. <laughs> <laughs> We don't Just shave anyone. So. <laughs> That's her so, tagline. We don't shave where anyone. Where I was going with that is that these are the same guys that do less comp, do less accounting, which they were sponsored before. But now they're back, and they're sponsor- sponsoring a new conference that they're doing called Less Money. So go to lessmoney.lesseverything.com, and it is a one-day conference in Tampa, Florida this summer, and it's about how to make more money as a small business. So these guys have made a bunch of web apps. They make money doing that. They make money doing web consulting work. They make money a whole bunch of different ways and they're doing pretty well and this conference is going to be sharing their journey and having a bunch of speakers and the whole point of the conference is money 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 how to make more money as a small business so tampa florida it's a nice place i used to live there i would go to it maybe i will go to it i don't know but anyway they're sponsoring this thing so we're trying to get you to go to it cool it's uh, june 7th june 7th tampa florida less money dot less everything dot com okay we have another giveaway. Uh, it's a Mac app called Processor, P-R-O-C-S-S-O-R, ProcessorApp.com. It's one of those things where I was talking about, I was like, I, I think it's pretty cool to use preprocessors, and they compress all my code. But if you're not on the preprocessor bandwagon yet, you still have no excuse not to uh, you know, deploy compressed CSS, I think. you know, like You're stupid not to, if you ask me. Uh, so this is an app that does that amongst other other kind of CSS processing things. This is a pretty looking little Mac app. So anyway, they uh, they're not a sponsor per se, but they gave us some codes to give away. So back when we were we were light on sponsors, I was like, heck yeah, we'll give it away. Anyway, it's cool. Anyway, so I'm gonna give away three of them this week, and then I'm gonna give away two of them next week, and we'll call. And the way to win this one is like a tell your friends contest. Like just tweet any tweet that happens to include at shop talk show in it and hashtag. Processor uh, is eligible to win. I'm going to pick three guys. Are you ready? Jeremy, Warboys, you win. Processor app. And I'll, I'll be in touch with you, so don't worry about that. Jeremy Blanchard and Parker Bennett, congratulations. You're all going to win. Can you do the thing, Dave? Doo-doo. I'm uh, on it. Uh, that was nailed it. Those three guys. <laughs> gonna tell your friends this week, and we'll give it to you. And uh, that's it for that. Let's do more Q and A. That's the that's the that's the good stuff. That's the meat and potatoes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this one is uh, from. Oh, this one I I I love this. Okay, this is from Paul DeWouters, and he says he's asking, "Do you think there'll be another dot com bubble?" See Pinterest valued at two hundred million dollars in the Facebook IPO. Ooh, hold on. I think we 
It's drama. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a good question. Do you guys think we're in a dot com bubble and we're we're it's just going to explode miserably like it did in two thousand one all over yes. again? Or yeah, yeah. What? I, we're in an HTML five bubble. I don't know. That's but uh, I don't know. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I just thought, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe other people have opinions about this, but I'm the kind of guy who's like, I don't know, just leave me alone and turn the lights off, you know? Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't read uh, TechCrunch. I don't. Oh, uh, there's another show all the time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. The dot-com thing, I don't know. I think the dot-com thing got kind of crazy. Uh, I actually, like, uh, I was one of the people who got, like, laid off and, the dot com bus, so I was just uh, so uh, really literally affected you. Yeah, it literally affected me, and uh, it was kind of funny stories. Like I got laid off, and then I got my first book deal like that weekend. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll be writing books now. Um, and uh, so I would say like um, the dot com economy, lots of book deals. Yeah, like- I think the you know kind of like the like people just got really people who didn't know computers or whatever got really carried away with the hype and buzz of it, like you know, and uh, just. It far ex, it, no, it far far uh, uh, exceeded the uh, the foundation of what the web was at that time, and so it, it had to come crashing down to to reevaluate the market, if you will. But uh, um, I really, we probably will never ever see that again. And if you think about in terms of like his his example of Facebook, uh, Facebook, you know, took a long time to get to where it is right now, and they just continually reiterate who they are and what they do, uh, you know. Sometimes they kind of like borrow, <laughs> steal stuff from you know, competitors or whatever. But uh, you know, they actually have you know your friends and family on Facebook for multiple minutes to hours at a time. So it's right. it's kind of crazy. It's a so, real thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, not it's not Facebook for yeah, dogs yeah. for dogs friend dogs yeah. that gets two hundred million just because VCs are looking to give people money and they don't care what it is kind of thing. Right. Right. I, I think we're at this growth right now where. Uh, we have APIs, we have apps, we have the mobile, this mobile thing that's happening, and it's very real. I mean, like, there's, I think the stat was, like, we've actually uh, have more, I forgot what the stat was, like, it just rolled uh, across my uh, research, it was, like, a, we have more mobile phones than uh, TVs, maybe, I think, I don't know, something like that, so, uh, or more mobile phones than we have people on the planet, or something like that, so, uh, it's it's a very real thing, this, the whole mobile thing that we're doing in this, so it's 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 sort of like, I would say the the real the boom right now is just maybe going from desktop to to mobile is really is the big thing. So yeah, I think one of the things with the original bubble is that we didn't have a very diverse uh, ecology. Like it was just a ton of e-commerce things popping up. So dog food and selling this and selling that and selling this. And there's no way that was going to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've got you know Amazon who's pretty much conquered e-commerce in many ways so you know but now we have all these things Facebook we've got services like you know Beanstalk and and all of these just totally different and diverse uh web apps that solve different problems so I don't I don't see it crumbling in the same way that it it could because we just have a lot of different types of web apps out there that's a good point. There's, you know, there's still the make money through advertising thing. There's the just charge your customers directly thing. There's e-commerce. There's apps, you know, making money from other apps. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I, w- I would not recommend anyone doing a fart app because I think that's been played out. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I just filed for an IPO on my fart app. Right. Wait, t- wait till you hear mine. It's, it's a good app. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Super <IP> fart <laughs> HD. Yeah. Oh. oh, hold on. That deserves a rim shot there. That was yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, come on. Don't you have a fart sound in there? Um, no, that's on a different soundboard. They have everything else <laughs> but that. So they, they run a classy show here, man. Oh, sorry. They want to keep their rating on iTunes. Yeah. Okay, so this this one I this one uh this may be our last one here, but um uh this one just came in hot off the press and it, and it's directed to non-breaking space and and uh so here it is. It says if you I guess shop talk and the non-breaking space guys were television shows, what two television shows would you be? And what kind of crossover event would you make? And this is from Barney Rebel, which sounds like a real name. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe so if though. we were, I think we're Judge we're, Judy, right? Oh yeah, for sure <laughs> we're we, Judge Judy. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, I'm not sure which which of us is that, but. I don't know. Uh, uh, and then the crossover event, I guess it would be like. I don't know. Maybe Judge Judy like comes to visit the housewives and is like, "You need to shut up, <laughs> behave in my living room." You, just, you sound <laughs> just like her too. It's amazing. Yeah. Or how about how about Breaking Bad meets SpongeBob SquarePants? Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, you, you have to be SpongeBob. Dave. SpongeBob actually is on drugs. I'll be SpongeBob. I'm, I heard I'm my <laughs> my pants are actually exactly like SpongeBob right now. <laughs> I was talking to Danny something, Danny Outlaw at Lesconf, and he was like, you should come to Dragon Con in Atlanta. It's super fun. And then he was talking about random things that happened there, and one of them was that the guy from SpongeBob like does a panel about voiceover stuff, and he was like, he taught the whole audience how to do the SpongeBob laugh, and there's like hundreds of people there, and there's like hundreds of people in this room all doing the SpongeBob laugh. Oh, and I was man. like, oh, yeah, I'll be, the, I'll be right there. That's, that sounds great. Oh, that either sounds awesome or like my worst nightmare. Yeah, it did sound awesome. <laughs> but now that I'm picturing it, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Is that, was uh, that that's good? I'm glad we covered the TV show thing. Yeah, that was a good one. I think we solved it. And if you're writing a script, there's an idea for you. Um, do we, do, should we hit one more question then? That, that didn't take so long. Yeah, yeah. we got time. All right. Here's, here we go. This one's from Gretchen Hines Ward and she's asking, I'm getting back into web development after a few years out of the loop. My question is about content management systems. Uh, mm-hmm. how do you decide which is the best CMS for a project? Do you tend to stick with the same one or do you switch to, or do you switch for different projects? Are the open source ones, Drupal, Joomla, WordPress robust enough for almost any project or do big boys, <laughs> do the big boys use something else? And lastly, what CMS would you start with if you could only learn one? This is actually WordPress. a really good question. Yeah. WordPress. WordPress. It's yeah, I'd, recommend, I'd recommend WordPress. I mean, I, I teach that um, at the university that I teach at just because it's, um, it's powerful. It's really easy to use. Um, it's customizable and it's, it's free and it's everywhere. So there's a lot of good material for learning WordPress, like Chris's book. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I just think it's a great, it's a great place to start. It's not going to solve every, you know, CMS problem, obviously. And depending on your, your site and your traffic, it may not be so great, but mm-hmm. I think it's like the best first step into CMSs. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I would go with WordPress if I had to choose one, but the, there's also uh, people are talking about perch in the chat room and there's also uh expression engine, which is 
kind of di- different dynamics, but uh, I mean, you saw it's like a you have to pay for it, whereas WordPress is kind of free um, in terms of the software being free up front. But uh, but yeah, so but I would go with WordPress personally too. To Oh uh, yeah, I mean obviously I would, but it's just because I have lots of experience. I've just I've used it for a lot of time, a lot of years, and I just get it done in WordPress. You know, I'm just I feel productive in WordPress, and it's never quite failed me. I've never been like, oh, I want to do this. Too bad you can't do it. You know, it's like that's fine. At the same time, if you already like, if I meet somebody and they're like, I know Joomla, I'm really good at Joomla. I get it done in Joomla. I'd be like, cool. Yeah, get done. Please, get, please continue using Joomla. Then I don't. I'm not going to try to convert you to WordPress because. It it may just be a big learning curve for nothing. Uh-huh. So I don't really care which one you use. Although when you're choosing for the first time, yeah. it is kind of important to think a little bit about what's what. how easy is it going to be to find resources around it? What if I have questions? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. That stuff is important. And you're yeah. definitely going to find more question and answer stuff around WordPress, just the way it is. You know, Just like why would you pick jQuery? Well, one of the reasons is the community is friggin' enormous. So you're mm-hmm. going to find resources on it easier. Well, I have a question about the WordPress thing, if, if, uh, since, yes. since you guys are experts about it. Um, so my, my big concern about WordPress is that if I want a really good plugin that solves XYZ problem, where would I go to find that, that information? Like, like besides Google, of course. But, but it seems like there's like if I do Google for a WordPress plugin, I'm going to get like so many unhelpful yeah. stuff. So, yeah. so how would you go about finding a really good plugin? You know what there should be? You know how like HTML5please.com is mm-hmm. like these are the most recommended plugins for right. these polyfills or whatever? That would be cool. Somebody yeah. should build a WordPress site that is like if I want a poll, I have lots of experience. Don't give me every poll plugin because that's what you're yeah. going to find. You're going right. to find some stupid roundup post right. on a blog. Sorry, other blogs, but it's going to be useless because there's going to be like 30 of them in there and you'll be like, oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Which one, please? Right. So it should be somebody that has a lot of experience and they should be like oh, oh here's a polls plugin here's a seo plugin these are the recommended best ones i mean maybe that's hard and too much to ask but yeah that's a good question christopher i don't know how you find that out yeah yeah i mean i think basically you find people that you trust who are working in wordpress and see what they recommend so like chris on your book yeah. you've got a lot of recommendations for things and there's probably other people in the wordpress community that you trust and follow and you know look to them for recommendations for plugins for sure in the book digging into wordpress literally which is not free so whatever but we do have a whole chapter of the book that is like these are the direct recommended plugins for that type of thing i mean that's the not free choice for for getting recommendations that we do keep updated so Uh, what else was i going to say about cmss i don't know whatever pick one and and begin with if Gretchen's coming at it from like the design angle, like I would go WordPress just because WordPress is it has a really pretty UI and it's very designer friendly. But if you're like coming at it like she's been doing like C for the last like ten years or whatever, like maybe <laughs> do Drupal because it's it's a little more you know uh, neckbeard centric. Uh, maybe I offended a bunch of people, but it's a little more you know. <laughs> Hand, hands on with the code is what I want to say. You know, it's it's pretty pretty robust, do anything sort of deal. So, whatever yeah. angle you're coming at, Gretchen. Cool. I like it. Oh yeah, PHP. As much as people like to bitch about it, it works. And you know yeah. what? You know it scales to. Uh, I don't know. I get all kinds of traffic on CSS tricks, and it holds up just fine. Yeah. There you go. Sweet. 
Okay, do we? Let's, we have four minutes. I think we can yeah. rock this last one out because it's super. Yeah. It's just like a answer thing. Okay, this one's from uh, Andrew Dilger. Hey guys, I wanted to know what your uh, homepage was on your browser. Do you link to Google or your company website or just some bookmarks file? Oh, there you go. What's your what's when your, you open uh, a new browser window? What do you question. get? Blank, blank, blank. blank. <laughs> I'm tired of the web telling me what to do, man. I have a blank. So, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, whenever a new browser window will open, I just want a blank page. I don't want Should we just go around the table, though? Christopher, blank, blank. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris sends, what do you got? I got blank. Blank. Dave? Uh, uh, blue. McFarland? Yeah, blue. Blue? Just, <laughs> just blue. blue. Have you ever blue. gone to purple.com? I think you should. No, no, just a ba- I just have a, like an HTML file with a blue background. Oh, okay. Are you being serious? No. Okay. <laughs> but if you put blank. purple, blank. Oh, definitely purple. Oh, dude, got it. I'm blank too. What do you got, Dave? Uh, yeah, I'm blank. Uh, maybe a better. All oh, blank. A hundred percent blank. Okay, go ahead. What What's the first website you open? Because I like open Basecamp, Dribble, and I don't like Google Reader all at once. Like, I I open a new tab and then I click all of those, even if that's not what I'm trying to do. Do you guys have a first website you like instinctively click to? Yeah, I can't have cheeseburgers. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have one. I, I go to all the time. So you just I launch my. I use. Google. I launch a invoicing app, FreshBooks, that I use. It's typically where I, I start with just to get my head into if I'm doing businessy stuff anyway. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I do Basecamp is is where I dive in now. So, which I, I have a love hate uh, affair with Basecamp. So, I don't know. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that would be annoying every time you hit a new because we all use tabs, right? I mean, that's not yeah. you know, it's not like you open a new window every time. If every time you opened a new tab, it was some app. Oh, that yeah. would be the worst. I mean, it's just not even a, a choice. I don't think. Yeah, especially uh, if you're if you're on the road and you don't have Wi-Fi, and then you're uh, yeah, you're like, stop it. Ah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just yeah, damn it. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Okay. All right, well, we got to uh, wrap it up here. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. We, we oh, should, yeah, we we should use. A, we should have a cliffhanger for a crossover. Like, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. For those at home, we want a little behind the curtains look. We're going to stop this show and we're going to immediately record a non breaking space podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which will be better because now we're all lubed up. Speaking of, hey, how can uh, people follow you guys, give you money? Uh, let's go around the board. Uh, Chris Schmidt, we'll start with you. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitters. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is uh, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T, Teleject. Uh, my blog, which I should update more often, is uh, ChristopherSchmidt.com. And um, I also do uh, do the In Control Conference, which is InControlConference.com. And um, our online summits are through EnvironmentsForHumans.com or E4H.TV. And awesome, uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter. This is Dave at uh, Dave McFarland, M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D. Uh, my website's SawMac, S-A-W-M-A-C.com. My PayPal account is Dave at SawMac.com. <laughs> Free to fill that up. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. We, we are lubed up, man. Okay, you, <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> Here's my PayPal account. Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, it Chris ends. 
And uh, yeah, I'm iChris on Twitter and chrisends.com is my blog. SSKTN.com is my other little slightly less professional podcasting site. So. <laughs> And then how can, shouting, people listen, guess, how can people listen to uh, uh, Non-Breaking Space and, and catch up? You guys have question. a few episodes. You, yeah. you can't, actually. <laughs> you can't. They've all been deleted. Yeah. It's private. Yeah. Well, we're at uh, nonbreakingspace.tv, and uh, we have, uh, we're brand spanking new. So uh, we uh, have uh, Ethan Mark Hotz interview, and we also have a Paul Irish interview up, and we'll... We'll be having uh, our next episode uh, to, uh, coming out tonight or tomorrow with Emily Lewis. And then next week we'll be releasing part two of our crossover mega special with you guys. So Awesome. Yeah. Sounds awesome. good, guys. Thanks for having us. We were still working on an outro. We don't really have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shoptalkshow.com. <laughs>